It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith reminding you this week is the blue-white game. Looking forward to seeing some actual football, although I'm curious, Dustin, to see what James Franklin's going to do with, oh, about six healthy offensive linemen. I'm not sure he has enough guys to man both sides. Nevertheless, the blue-white game will go on, and gopsurv.com is open for the game. That's where you just drive your car to Happy Valley. They will have an RV all set up ready and waiting for you for the weekend. It's a great time. They'll give you transportation to and from the game. You don't have to worry about that parking pass and everything else that goes with it. Great time. More information. Give Mark a call. 800-519-8467. Dusty, we're talking about the decade of, how do you say it? Not the 2000s because that could encompass the 2010s, 2020s. Is it the aughts, or how do you say it? Uh, that might that might not be a way a bad way to do it. Um, early two thousands, maybe. Yeah, I mean, two thousands kind of. It's almost like it's like saying uh, for the previous ones we did, we're talking about the nineteen hundreds here. That well, that spans all the decades. So maybe we'll just call it the the aughts. Might sound good. That sounds a little dated, like uh, the language, but um, it, it's accurate. It, it really does. It sounds like it's from the. Uh, uh, early 1900s where, you know, we, we take our horseless carriage driving it to the studio, right? Yeah, back in the aughts, a frankfurter cost me two bits. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right, anyway, Dusty, first segment we had the unfortunate honor of talking about year 2000 and 2001, a combined 10 and 13 Uh Boy, that starts to sound familiar. You know, two years and you're at around that 500 mark. But, but a revelation, 2002 arrived. And as we talked about a little bit at the end of the first segment, nine and four, but those four losses, two of them in overtime, only lost by six to Ohio State. A really good season, especially what happened after 2000, 2001. And also the emergence of quite the running back, wasn't it? Boy, the, the the Larry Johnson season is one of the more memorable individual seasons uh, of of recent Penn State history. You know, you look at what he was able to string together, and the numbers obviously tell it. But then, you know, as, as you'll kind of point out, some of those individual efforts and individual performances, and just the you know large stretches of time where Larry Johnson looked completely and utterly unstoppable. 2,087 yards, 20 touchdowns. You know, he was also a little bit more of a factor in the passing game uh, than a lot of his kind of predecessors were. And more than I kind of remembered, 41 catches for 349 yards and three touchdowns there. So look at just the overall impact and what you're able to do by building around um, this guy. Uh, he was the offense. And, and you know, I think you can see with the way that Zach Mills's numbers improved and what he was able to do in, in terms of his efficiency and touchdown passes, you know, career 
career high uh, there. It was just all an indicator of Larry Johnson was so hard to stop. You had to not really worry about Zach Mills. And, uh, and, and it was a, it was a formula that I think we saw was good enough to be there. Was it, you know, ultimately good enough to, to get over the top in some of these tight games? I mean, the results kind of speak for themselves, in, uh, you know, tight games against good teams. But this was a really good team, and it wasn't just Larry Johnson. That's what kind of you'll my, one of my lasting memories. But this was the, the Michael Haynes and Jimmy Kennedy defense team. And this was, you know, Bryant Johnson was on this team. There were four guys who were picked in the first round uh, of the draft on this team. So there, you know, you can look back on this 2002 season and certainly remember it fondly because of that, but also just wonder, you know, could they, you know, could they have been capable of more? And and that thin line between that, you know, Dustin, I, and I talked about how close they were with those couple overtime losses and all. But the fact is, after suffering through 2000 and 2001, this was such a relief this season to have hope again that I don't want to say, you know, uh, we didn't want the team to win those games, but you just felt so much better. Now, and I forgot to look this up, and maybe while I uh, keep talking here, you could look it up. I forget who won the Heisman Trophy that year. But Larry Johnson, that was a Heisman Trophy winning season. And the memorable game, and I believe it was the last regular season game, was the game against Michigan State. And my lasting image of that game being there, Dustin, was Larry Johnson. It was Little League football, and Larry Johnson was the first kid who matured. He was bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody else on the field. So you just handed him the ball, and good things would happen. No matter where you handed him the ball, he was a threat to score a touchdown. And I went back and I looked up the numbers for that game because I was just really curious how the reality matches my memory. Well, here you go. Larry Johnson, 19 carries. 279 yards, 14.7 yard average per carry, four touchdowns on runs of 11 yards, 78, 11, and 38 at halftime. <laughs> it was 40, and it was 48 nothing at halftime. As I, the old coach once said, they, they put up half a hundred in the first half. And Larry Johnson didn't play. In fact, I think he was pulled out in the last possession of the first half. And as a team, they carried the ball 50 times. They threw the ball only 13 times and were able to score 48 points in the first half alone, Dusty. This is like that's Hall of Fame numbers in one game. And it just makes you wish that 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 team was just a, a wee bit more competitive in the first half. That that you could have seen Larry Johnson maybe take a run for I don't know 300, 400 yards, whatever whatever he was capable of doing. Clearly, that defense wasn't capable of stopping him. And then you know Mike Gasparato averaged almost six yards per carry against that that fearsome unit. So. Um, 
can kind of show you where where that defense was. But this it is funny seeing you know Zach Mills five out of ten for a game uh, passing. Uh, Michael Robinson came in with three out of three. Um, to circle back the two thousand two Heisman Trophy, Carson Palmer won it. And here's a just a, a few names that are kind of a blast from the past. The the list one well, number one in voting was Carson Palmer. Two was Brad Banks, the quarterback from Iowa. Three was Larry Johnson. Four was Willis McGahee from Miami. Five was Ken Dorsey from Miami. Byron Leftwich was on the list. Cliff Kingsbury was on the list of of the top ten voters. So you know Larry Johnson had a big time year, but uh, you know quarterbacks won the day in that voting. Un- unfortunate and. It's interesting as you go through, and my segment I do with Chris Buchanani, we were talking about some of our favorite players, and it just led into a discussion about running backs. And it may have even been off the air, I'm not sure. But if you start listing, you know, top 10 running backs, you're going to leave off someone very significant. And does Larry Johnson get forgotten because it's just the one monster season? He shouldn't be because that season alone was so phenomenal. You can't forget him in the all-time running backs with Penn State. Yeah, I mean, what it's like the when you're talking about numbers for the Hall of Fame, you know, like you have accumulators. Would you have like? Would you rather have a guy like? And it's not to pick on Evan Royster because he's not even the best example for this conversation. Would you rather have a guy who makes a a a an average impact for four years and ends up with more career rushing yards, or would you rather have a guy who burns bright for one season, makes a huge impact, puts a team on his back? You know, I would rather have that one year than than the four. For okay years. I do too. And I think there have been years where there's been running backs. And this happens in a lot of really good programs where more often years ago where teams were more dependent on the running game. You get a dominating offensive line and whoever you put at running back will succeed. The thing is, you got to be special though to put up 2,000 yards on a season you got to be special to put up, you know, 270 yards, 79 yards in a Big Ten game in one half. Like you said, who knows where that would have led to if, if he had played the second half also. Unfortunately, after a couple dark years, 2000, 2001, we had this bright 2002. So the team turned the corner, right, Dustin? It was it was a very small corner apparently, or or depending on maybe it was a very long corner depending on how how you look at it because there was definitely regression back to what you were pre two thousand two and you know the 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 thread there is that you lost Larry Johnson and Bryant Johnson you lost two guys who were first round picks from the offense and then you lost you know the the anchors of that defensive line who were also first round picks and Michael Haynes and Jimmy Kennedy you're you are doing some starting from scratch and um you're going back and, and 2003 was as ugly as ever 2004 you know both both times uh ranking among the worst offenses in the country i'm pretty sure in 2004 there were 120 teams ranked penn state has the, had the 113th best offense and um just I, th- I think the ingredients were just lacking once again i know it's the same kind of story but uh in 2003 they're three and nine they're one and seven in the big ten you know, that Toledo 
loss in 2000 was sobering. Uh, I think going 1-7 and seven in, in league play was also a very sobering thing. Not that 2004 was, was a whole lot better, but um, that 2003 team was a, a crash back to reality. And really where you start thinking about... Um, what's, what's Joe doing? What's the end game here? Where's he going? Why is he still here? Has he lost it? Is he the coach for the job? Is the staff, you know, good enough? Is he too loyal to the staff? That's where all this kind of conversation started happening and those narratives start. And, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe they were happening before this too, but this was really when I remember them, uh, hitting home. It was, and, you know, I was part of that group. We'll get into that a little bit more, but I just want to get out of the way. 2004 was the infamous 6-4 loss to Iowa. Uh, They were down 6-2. Iowa chose to give up a safety and kick off rather than punt from their own end zone. With plenty of time, they just said, we don't think there's any way Penn State could march the length of the field or even three-quarters of the length of the field to kick a field goal to beat us. It was as embarrassing a game, and to this day, if you say 6-4 to uh, Penn State fans old enough to go back that far, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Dusty, that is it for quarter number two. We'll hit the second half of the decade in quarter number three. This is Barbara Duran, Penn State alumna. It's been a great honor representing our alumni as a trustee. I am asking that you reelect me, Ted Brown, and Bill Oldsey. Independent leadership working to make sure Penn State provides a quality, affordable education that values success with honor. Reelect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. This is Jim Galante from the Keystone Sports Network, letting you know there's nothing like going on the road with your favorite team. I'm pleased to announce that KSN, along with Collegiate Athletic Travel, the leaders in athletic travel for 50 years, is offering a trip to Auburn this fall for the Nittany Lions versus the Tigers. Charter flight, accommodations at the team hotel, and transport to and from the game are included. Go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414 for all the information. 